0: everybody hey everyone i'm stephanie and i'm sarah and this is Dead Dead Time Time
1: Stories,
0: a weekly podcast where sarah and i get together to talk about ghost stories true crime mysteries cults conspiracies the supernatural paranormal or even just the generally weird eerie spooky strange stuff that we want to talk about that week why is that sarah that's because it's our
1: show and, and it's not, not yours, yours. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome to the back. studio. Back, back, back in the studio. Back, back, back again. Back in person. Feeling good. Hearing good. What sounding good. That's where sounding I was trying to go. Sounding pretty good. I feel oh. a little,
0: mm, but I'm all right.
1: It's all right. It's all right. Audio sounds good. good. We're good.
0: That's all that matters, right? It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how I sound.
1: <laughs> yeah, duh. You're a performer.
0: Dance, monkey. Dance. Wait, Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> Merry Krimbus. Merry Krimbus. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. We uh,
0: you know, we got together to exchange gifts after belated holiday plans.
1: We did. It's been very lovely. Yes, yes. we had a nice dinner, and it snowed today. It did snow. So it's a Christmas pretty Christmassy.
0: I know it's mid-January. You're listening to this, and you're like, how "You're did like, they wait a minute, no,
1: no, we're recording this in Things January.
0: Happened, pushed us back. You know, in our plans. And if this is your first time listening, there it the is. Show, stop. stop. Go, Go back. back, listen from the beginning, start episode one, grumble forward to my mouth a little bit. You know,
1: you want to follow
0: the journey. You want to come along with us. I
1: bet you thought we weren't going to tell you because we forgot to do it last we episode. Did last week. And we almost forgot this episode, but guess no, what? We didn't. We didn't. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the beginning. And if last
0: week is your first time, you didn't know because we didn't tell you last we week. We did
1: like two thirds of the way into the show. No, a third of the way oh, into the show. We did. We did. We okay. did. I edited it. I'm pretty sure. She's like, I cut it from another episode and added it. I did. Yes. I blacked out a little bit. I don't know what happened. Did it go out? No. You stop that right now. (laughs) Recently, because I've been catching up on Hello from the Magic Tavern, uh, one of our OG favorite shows, whom if you started from the beginning, you'll realize one of our top moments was when we were able to have Adel Rafai on the show. Yeah, we're going to play a clip right now. No, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) but hello from magic tavern recently did a spoofy. Oh, you remember that one time when we, and then you remember that one time play and you remember a clip. this clip play a clip. And I was like, Oh, gross.
0: Well, I'll tell you the listener. So I know Mary Angel will hear this, but Eric won't hear this. Um, but I've said it to you multiple times. That there's a book in this room that I know I, uh, lent them a really long time ago and it's my copy of this book. And I, I'm always like, should I just take it back? Instead of being like, hey, is that my copy of my book? Can I take
1: it? Where is it in this room? It's over on that bookshelf up there. I spy with my little eye. I don't know. It's dark in here. That's okay. Is it the Bible?
0: No, it's (laughs) called Elephants on Acid. And it's about different like drug experiments um, that have happened and different ways that people have gotten high without drugs.
1: Whoa. Well, um, weird shit
0: like, you know, oxygen and sleep deprivation or whatever.
1: Mary Angela, can she have that book back?
0: You know, they wouldn't have noticed that well, it was gone if I hadn't said something on this podcast. We'll find but out on Thursday. She here, You know, she's, she's just
1: going to hear this and then come up here and check and then be like, oh, let me give that back to her. You know, what will be really funny is if she waited and then wrapped it and gave it back to you no, on like your you. birthday. That would make me so
0: mad. That would make me so mad. <laughs> that book's been here for years, probably since I lived with them. I love it. So they've We've almost moved it years ago. They moved it. Well, they moved
1: houses. Yeah. Then it came with them. And they came with (laughs)
0: them from the old house to this house.
1: Uh, Where is this going? Otherwise, Stephanie, how are you? I don't know. I'm How's how's it going? How's things going? I'm okay.
0: Yeah, I'm a little little frazzled all over the place, but like, I'm I'm all right. New Year, same shenanigans. Same shenanigans. One of my, you know, cats got all their teeth taken out. She's a little gummy. She's a little gummy. She's already a bean. We call her a little bean. She's a little gummy bean. Aw. I call her food her beanie bites.
1: Aw, but she can't bite it. She can bite it. She just doesn't have any teeth. She's got a gum it. <laughs> she's got a gum it.
0: <laughs> ah, she's beautiful. I love it. It's
1: church, man. I'm How are good. you, Sarah? I'm good. So you know, people. we had we had our Christmas day today. That's really really nice. Pretty excited about what we're talking about. Yeah. I feel like so far the year's been pretty strong with our stories. So I'm ready to keep going. Ooh, okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm also I'm ready for part two of yours because even in editing the episode last week, I was like. Where is this going to go? I'm not good. Nowhere good, I don't think. But where is it going to go? So if if you are just starting here, like we told you, stop and go back because Stephanie is picking up. At least this up
0: week because I'm telling the second the part, part two of the two-parter.
1: Yeah. Are you ready? Are we getting into As it? As I'll ever be. Let's do it. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some, ghosts? some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? <laughs>
0: So, I'm not talking about ghosts. I'm continuing on a path of talking about cults. Are y'all ready to talk about some cults? Y'all ready to talk about some cults? So, last week, I talked a little bit about the Moonies. And the Moonies... uh, I feel like I don't want to give you a recap. Because, like, you should have been listening. Go back and listen.
1: There is no previously on...
0: So that was originally founded, like I said, by Reverend Sun Myung Moon, who that's why they called themselves the Moonies. Well, they didn't call themselves that, to be clear. That's what like the media called them. It was a colloquial name for them, the Moonies, because they tra- because they followed Reverend Sun Myung Moon. So part of their theology in the Moonies, in the Unification Church, that's what they called themselves, the Unification Church. Part of that was that the Reverend was Jesus, come again, come again.
1: He was Jesus. Uh, so (laughs) Jesus come again.
0: And he did
1: Jesus. And he did because he had 14 children. He came again and again, actually had a lot of children and again, Uh, and
0: again, a lot of children, primarily with his second wife, who was Hawk Jahan. And, She, you know, she was 17 when they got married. He was 40 years old. She's still with us, right? She is still with us. And that's an important question that you should ask. That's why you asked it.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) That's why I'm here. That's why they pay me the big bucks. So what we were moving into this week was talking about what happened with the Moonies after the death of uh, Reverend Moon. So it was the Unification Church, which they changed the name of it because they were trying to get away from like some of the images that people thought of them, like being very culty. And they had these weird like mass weddings to strangers. They had arranged marriages. They considered they called themselves like the true father and the true mother because they were here to lead a new race of Christians. Because he's Jesus come again. Duh. Uh, Come again. He's Jesus. So they changed their name from the unification church to the family Federation for world Peace and Unification so they took the word church out but they're still a and church. they put
1: family first and they put, like America they put family
0: first because those are their their values Ugh. so he died <laughs> <laughs> That was mostly where we were leaving off last week is that
1: um, Sun Yung Moon is dead to begin with.
0: Yes, he was dead to begin with. So he died in September of 2012. Now, that's important because after his death, remember I said he had a lot of kids uh, and he and his wife, Hak Jahan, the church basically fractured into a bunch of other churches. Okay. And everybody was claiming, like, I'm the rightful leader. Now, he had anointed several of his kids. One of them committed suicide. One oh. of them died, like, a tragic death. Oh. Um, Sounds one like of them, he cursed his kids. Right. One of them was like, I'm not interested in this. But ultimately, before Good he died, the one that he recognized as, like, his successor was his son, Sean Moon. Sean Moon... Is who we're going to talk more about today. Uh, also, I didn't as... realize
1: he was the one who was named the successor.
0: So he was not originally, but ultimately, but because the other three fell into the swamp, right? The other three... <laughs> well, the third one burned down, then fell then into fell the, swamp. the swamp. So this uh, his his name is Hyung Jin Moon. Sean Moon is like his like Americanized name, right? Yeah. So that was who he had named as his successor, but he kind of splintered off into his own group and Hak Jahan, his widow is who is still leading the group. Currently the group that is the family federation for world peace and unification. So Sean Moon broke off into his own sect. He's his own, uh, special boy. (laughs) Oh, is he ever? He is ever. And so he co-founded with his wife, whose name is Yan Ali Moon. And they started a Pennsylvania-based church, which is called the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary Church. They did not put family first. They did not put family first. They are also commonly referred to as the Rod of Iron Ministries. I don't like that. You're gonna like it even less. I have a feeling. So ultimately, Sean is actually the youngest son of Reverend Sun Myung Moon, and he found who who founded the original Unification Church, the Unification Movement, and. His second or third wife, because I feel like one of his wives, one of his wives was like one died one they had a divorce. Right. There was a lot going on with him. Um, but also, there still is apparently. Well, no, because he died in 2013. Oh, I thought um, you were talking about Sean. No, no, no. So Sean is the youngest of their kids. Got He's it. the youngest of Hak Jahan and of um, Reverend Moon. So he is actually very well educated. He went to, um, to Harvard for his Bachelor of Arts, uh, and his Master of Theology degree from Harvard Extension University. Okay. So he has an education where he also studied a little bit of Korean Buddhism and he presented, or he pursued an interest in like Tibetan Buddhism. And for a time he lived in a Roman Catholic monastery. So he has an education in multiple forms of religion. And he still went on (laughs)
1: to to do this. this.
0: Okay. All right. Interesting. So, in April two thousand and eight, that's when he was appointed to be the international president of the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. This is when his father was still alive. Okay. Because his father died in two thousand and thirteen. So, uh, Sean Moon and the members of his church they believe that that coronation ceremony from his father in two thousand and nine made him the rightful heir and successor. Of the church, of, like, the leadership of the church. So both splinters of the church believe that theirs is, like, the true path that yeah, Reverend course. Moon wanted it to go. Right, of course. Um Now, the bigger one is who still follows Hadjah That's who still is, like, the bigger following. But Sean Moon's thing we're going to get to... A little bit more. So, under his leadership, the Family Federation for World Peace changed their name to just the Unification Church. Mm-hmm. That's what they were calling themselves. And he introduced new practices like spiritual energy and hand movements, stuff like Tai Chi, stuff that he had learned in his other theological studies. In 2011, Hyung Jin Moon, which is Sean Moon, he visited North Korea to express condolences. <laughs> For the death of Kim Jong il. Mm. Um, and he it marked the twentieth anniversary of his father's visit to North Korea. So it was like a whole big thing, right? Where they Mm -hmm. were like, you know, he's returning home, not like his home, but like his dad's home. Like they haven't been there in a long time. They were kicked out because or they left because of the communists. Right. It's been a whole thing back and forth. After his father died, Sean Moon and his mother began to express their differences and how they thought that the church should be run. Uh, And he was removed by his mother from various positions from 2013 and eventually taken down as the international president of the Family Federation for World Peace
1: whoa, and
0: replaced um, by Sung Jin Moon, who is one of his siblings. Um, but really, his mom is still who's running it. The Family Federation for World Peace now considers Sean Moon's church a breakaway organization. Most of the changes led by Sean Moon in the unification movement were dismissed after his removal. Wow. So they're like, forget everything Sean Moon said because he is a false prophet He is not who's taking this church into the future. His church is their own thing. We're not part of that. We're doing our own thing. Wow. So what are some of the things that makes them be like, we are not
1: with them? (laughs) It might be all the guns. It is! Wow. It is all! Oh uh, Stephanie, I will take what is all the guns for 500, please. So, in 2015, he began
0: renouncing his mother and saying that she was the whore of Babylon.
1: Ooh,
0: and them's fighting words. She was no longer the true mother. He also began teaching that Hyun Shao Kang, uh, one of his father's first disciples, was the true mother instead. Like, forget my birth mom this other woman that followed my dad, like, he he's spiritually married to her, and so she's the one that really my dad would be leaving stuff to. And then he started referring to himself and his wife, uh, Yan Ali, as the second king and the second queen.
1: Come again again? Come again again, <laughs>
0: yes! <laughs> again, again. So he also has another brother who wasn't, you know, he wanted to go into business. He was not interested in like working for the church, and that is Cook Jin Moon, who is more commonly referred to by his American name, which is Justin Moon. So Sean Moon and Justin Moon, because they're Americanized. Yes. Okay. So. so justin moon uh he essentially works as an assistant to the pastor like he helps his brother out a lot but he actually owns a big gun manufacturer called car arms Hmm. car is k-a-h-r and car arms actually ended up buying the original manufacturer of the ar-15 so they're really into AR15s. That's a big deal. So not just guns in general, um but AR15. But the
1: specific brand that, that he happens owns. to own. Sure. Yes. That's suspicious. That helps. That's suspicious. <laughs> that's weird. So by 2018,
0: Sean Moon began wearing a crown of bullets on his head. Stop.
1: Stop. Mm-hmm.
0: No. And I'm, I'm going to show you a picture.
1: <gasps> like in church, like while he was preaching? Yes. and Did he, he wear it out and about in public? Not out and about in
0: public. Just in um, church. But like, yeah, definitely when he was like proselytizing, when he was like speaking about God, Um, there are lots of pictures of him with his bullet crown, but he
1: also did a lot of like YouTube videos. What's his reasoning for the bullet crown? It's it cannot be a crown of thorns. <laughs>
0: Part so I want to show you this picture first of all I want you to look at this so he has his gold AR-15 rifle and his matching gold bullet crown and he
1: wears Stop. and he wears
0: a camo tuxedo I
1: can't see him because he's in a camo Stop. tuxedo with purple what
0: but take a look uh, yeah take a good
1: look at I the am. crown I'm zooming in get the fuck out bruh So Stop. What's in the middle of
0: it? A belt buckle? Um, so that's their sigil, which I'm also gonna show you that. So I'm gonna show you the original Unification Church logo and then what the Sanctuary Church uses as their logo.
1: What are his pants? Right. And that's
0: I told you this was something that I was really like I'm like, I'm I really at that facing and, my own biases
1: my, because I'm like, this is some white people shit. I look at that, and my first thought is that satire. Because it's not it a white seem, person, right? It seems like a, it's someone it's else. Satirizing a, like it's so over the top.
0: Oh my! I Lord. almost forgot. Yeah, I was like, I was I was going to show you. Okay, so there's the Unification Church. What their like symbol looks like? Well, oh, that's their new symbol. I don't want to see their new symbol. I want to see their old symbol because they changed their symbol again because of what he did to it. So don't click on it because when you click on it, it shows their newer one. But that red symbol, I want you to take a look at that. That's the Unification Church. No, that's the original Unification Church symbol. Okay? Okay. So that's what that looks like. Now let me show you what theirs looks like. So this picture, this is him preaching on his like YouTube show. All right. But it's the symbol back behind him. So what you'll see, if you look really closely... Is the original Unification Church symbol is in the middle, yeah, and then it has guns, like almost like crossbones. It's got guns and then crowns, and then crowns, and what you can't see is the very top part. There's a sword going through the middle. Oh
1: my so it's a, gosh! It's all
0: weapons. It's a sword. It's the the AR-15s, which again, it's not just any gun. It's an AR-15. That's really important. So they're super super into the guns. So.
1: Why do they need so many guns? I don't understand.
0: So, the reason that they're really, really into the Era 15s in particular is because, according to Sean Moon's interpretation of the book of Revelations, and it's always the book of Revelations. Always. <laughs> always. If you don't know if a cult is really into the Bible, they're always into the book of Revelations. Because the Branch the were really into because it's all about end the end times. times. Yes. So it's all, there's this whole thing about how like the warriors of God are going to arm themselves with a rod of iron. So his interpretation of the rod of iron, your face is that you've guessed it, is that the AR-15 is the rod of iron that's spoken about in the Bible. That's his interpretation of it. Mm. And so they see the AR-15 as like, This is the weapon of God's chosen people, which is us, the sanctuary church. And we as Americans and as Christians, like we have a right to have this tool that God would want us to have to protect ourselves From when the government is going to come and try and take our guns. When the malicious big they is coming after us. Right. So the Sanctuary Church, that is why it also goes by the name of the Rod of Iron Ministries. The Rod of Iron is the AR-15 and they've performed religious rituals that heavily involve the AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. Like what? So shoot offs. Remember, I talked about how his dad used to have these like mass weddings where he would like marry people. Yeah. So they have these like mass gun blessings where the entire congregation is expected to bring their AR-15s to the church. And they're going to
1: baptize their guns. And they're going to bless and baptize the guns because they're weapons of God. Stephanie, this has to be satire. This is a real... This cannot be real. This is what makes it
0: so scary, though, Sarah, is that it is real. How many
1: people are in his
0: congregation? That is a good question. I don't have a specific number for you, but I can tell you that while they started here in um, Pennsylvania, they had to purchase more land because (gasps) they were
1: growing. No!
0: Yeah. Why
1: are people like this... So,
0: in October of 2019, members of the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary were invited to show their willingness to defend their families, communities, and nation by bringing their semi-automatic rifles to service in which their weapons were blessed. Moon and other members of the Sanctuary Church participated in the January 6, 2020 United States Capitol attack. Moon faced no criminal charges for his involvement in the insurrection. Why not? I don't know. Be- and that's what's made me crazy. Because they were is- like,
1: you shouldn't be here because you're not white. I- <laughs> right? <They laughs> he's were just- obviously a mistake. <laughs> they, were- right? they were like, well, he's here as a joke. <laughs> this can't be real. Look at his, look at his-, his bullet crown. But this is one a one joke. But one of the things is they say, this is why I think it's
0: really important for me to think about them and face my own biases about what I feel about this group of people. That's fair. Because I think... It's very easy to, one, to not take them seriously. And two, it's really easy to group all the people on the far right as like racist because a lot of what they do plays into what a lot of racist people do. But we have to remember that not everyone on the far right is racist. Now, most of them are really, most of them are really like conservative, like they're very Christian and a lot of them love their guns. Not all of them are racist. I know a lot of them are racist. And I know that they align themselves with racists by being on the far right. But that is, I think, something that's really hard to understand. And when looking at this group and when watching documentaries of them, like, they have a lot of Asian people, white people, and black people. They do have, like, and there were Hispanic people, like, they do have people of different colors, but they are very anti-gay. They're very into their guns and like they're super Christian and they're very, their concern, right, is this this, like communist leftist government that's going to take their guns. Like that's what they think is going to happen. And that we're near the end times, which I, of course, don't agree with any of that. And it makes it really easy to like dismiss them. But I think that's part of what is so scary. And when I knew that they were at the insurrection, I Googled like, well, what happened with that? Like, I've seen pictures of them. They were there. Sean Moon was there. But nothing has come of that. And so not just has nothing come of that, because that happened in January of 2021. In October of 2021, it was reported that Moon and the Sanctuary Church had bought and moved to a compound 40 miles outside of Waco, Texas. No.
1: Yes. Which we know what happened there they're going to fit in more with uh in Texas than in Pennsylvania. Sure. Well, still. I mean parts of Pennsylvania, but they yeah. you know, they need more
0: space. Upon moving wow. to the compound, they continued to espouse a highly militant ideology. Later in the year, it was reported that Moon and the Sanctuary Church had bought a 130-acre property in Granger County, Tennessee to serve as the church's retreat center. So they are growing. Yeah. So it's not just this like silly little <laughs> cult of people who love their guns. Like they are growing, um, and one of the things that brought a lot of attention to them was one of their gun ceremonies because, not in their defense, it was already planned when the Parkland shooting happened in Florida. So they already had a blessing ceremony for their AR-15s. Yeah, the teams the timing is just that
1: week awful,
0: right? And so. That made big news when it happened because everybody was like, why are you doing this? The shooting just happened. But mind you, this was a thing they were already doing. They were already having these big gun blessing ceremonies. And they were like, oh, it's even more important that we do it because now people really want to take away our guns. So it's really important that we have these blessing ceremonies. And there was a nearby school, an elementary school that closed down for the day and sent kids home because they were so worried about this church full of people with guns. Wow. So the sanctuary church is still going. Nothing happened, like I said, from them being at the insurrection, but a lot of them were there. And if anything, they've just bought more property and they've been growing.
1: Goodness gracious.
0: So that, and I found out about them originally because I was like, who are the Moonies? I've heard of the Moonies. Like, what were the, what are the Moonies about? Who are they? I never heard about what happened with them. Um, but the Moonies basically splintered after. Reverend Moon died and this is, you know, there's the church that his wife is still leading. But they're like, we are not associated with them. We're not into guns. Like, we are not the same church. That is not us. That's not us. Right. But wow, those
1: are the two groups that the
0: Moonies have since splintered into.
1: If Mr. Mooney could see it now. That's Reverend Mr. Mooney, true father to you. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right.
0: So that's what became of the Moonies. And um, the Southern Poverty Law Center called Sean Moon an anti-LGBT cult leader in January of 2018. So yeah. like, they're on the government's list as like a hate group.
1: I guess they better be careful and make sure they don't stockpile any of the weapons that they're blessing.
0: No comment.
1: Who knows? Honestly. So that's the second part of
0: Woo. my story about the Moonies.
1: Whoo. That bullet crown is a choice. It's something else, isn't it? It is a fashion choice. Yeah,
0: I can't wait for you to post that on Instagram. Oof, y'all will see it. It is It is me- something else, not cute. Not a cute look. But a lot of um and it's not just him. Like when they have these ceremonies, you'll see like the entire congregation is dressed like all in white with bullet crowns on and with their hair 15s. Oh, I hate the bullet
1: crowns. I was going to say his whole Camo tux with a purple shirt and a tie and a a kerchief. I'm pretty sure like half of my high school dressed like that for prom. But just not with the bullet crowns. <laughs> bullet crowns that that parts too. That's much. new, but they all showed up in the camo, a few of them with guns, not gold plated, but Woof. It's Texas. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? <laughs> well, Stephanie, Y'all ready to talk about some more cults? Yes. (laughs) This is something that I stumbled upon today when I was doing research on something else and Wikipedia led me down a different rabbit hole. And I think you're going to enjoy this rabbit hole as much as I did. I'm ready. I'm going to talk about a woman named Gwen Shamblin Laura. Shut up! Do you know? Did you you watch it? The HBO thing about her? I
0: did. No! Ah, ah! That's fun. I... Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: Talk about her. It takes away my whole surprise ending. That's okay. I'm here for it. Never mind. She was in a cult. There's an HBO documentary. Go watch it, Stephanie. Talk about
0: it. Sarah. I had never heard of her until this thing. Right. I haven't watched the documentary. And of course, I'm fascinated. You said you haven't watched the documentary? I have not watched it yet. Okay. And I, of course, am fascinated because I'm fat. And that's a big thing that, that I'm sure you're going to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to
1: touch on it a little bit. But she
0: was really into eating disorders and promoting eating disorders. Yes.
1: Very abusive. It makes me also very sad because I was very much looking forward to being able to show you a picture of this woman for the first time. For the
0: first time? I know. Well, <laughs> listeners, I can't wait for you to see these two cult leaders on our, on our Instagram. These cult leaders. Sean Moon leaders. and Gwen Shamblin.
1: Gwen Shamblin laura was in yes yes laura (laughs) go for it girl yes i love that this is what you're talking (laughs) about right now she's an american author founder of the christian diet program called the weight down workshop and founder of the remnant fellowship aka a cult and the remnant are you going to get into
0: that as well uh what that means yes no that's also from the book of revelations the remnants are the christians that are like (laughs) the ones that are like not burned in hell when like you know the the end times come the remnants are the christians that get to stay that
1: continue that are yes she's also the poster child for the higher the hair the closer to god yes she is (laughs) And, like, it only, like, bigger grew, uh, grew. And It just bigger got bigger and bigger and, and big- bigger. And the part just got further and further and further to the side. Like, ultimate scene girl. See, and I feel like huge. it was, like, almost
0: like one of those zigzag parts where, like, you can't even see where the part goes anymore. It was just,
1: it's a huge mess. Little Gwen. Gwen was born Little in... Gwen. L- Little Gwen. Little Gwen. Little Gwen. Little Gwen. Which is part of the problem. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> She was born in Tennessee, 1955. Raised Church of Christ, and went to college to be a dietitian. Her rise to fame became began when she created the diet program, The Weight Down Workshop, a faith-based weight loss program with no food restrictions, exercise regimens, or weigh-ins or calorie counting. Instead, it advised its members to use spirituality to avoid overeating using quotes for all of it. The way down diet teaches that the love of food should be transferred into the love of God and to cut your food portions in half and eat only when hungry. And won't he do it? Keep you full when you're hungry, I guess is what her, her motto is. Just give it to God, but don't put it in your mouth. Gwen has been quoted as saying, "What I do in this program is teach people how to stop bowing down, down to, to the refrigerator, refrigerator and how to bow, bow down, down to back him. to him." Yep. From another form, it. <laughs> right, it's just such bullshit. It's it's just a woman who was like, "I'm anorexic, but because I prayed, I was told that it's okay, and now I'm going to tell you that it's okay. And if you yes. can't make it work, then that's because you're not close enough to God. Right. Your hair's not big enough."
0: It was like, yeah, if you can't lose weight, it's because you're on. It's because you're
1: on. Yeah, you're not good enough and you're you don't have a strong enough faith and relationship with God. Yeah. A former member has also been quoted as saying the basic principles were you can eat whatever you want. No foods are bad. Jesus declared all food clean. But what you did was you waited for physical hunger and you ate until you were satisfied. And the times you weren't hungry, you went to God. Let it out, Sarah. God just came out of me. devil—that's
0: the devil right there.
1: The devil was you. like you're hungry. The times you weren't hungry, you went to God. You prayed and you gave that desire for the food to Him. They're all yeah. in Tennessee. You can't Y'all, do it without this doing is an what she's about. Another former member who initially had lost weight summarized the program b- by saying, "It's simply portion control." Still, the Way Down workshop rose in popularity, thanks in part to Gwen's charismatic personality and spread across thousands of U.S. churches. From 1986, when the program was founded, to 1996, the program had grown to 5,000 churches, with 10% located in Laura's home state of Tennessee. About eight churches were located in Britain. So it spread overseas Mm -hmm. and we're hosting workshops in December of 1996. This thing blew up in the Christian circles and so did Gwen's hair. I I didn't realize you knew about it. So I referenced the hair a lot of times in my script. (laughs) Okay. The way down workshop hosted more than 21,000 classes with more than 250,000 participants worldwide by August of 1998. So what was her next logical step here? Why, create your own church, of course! And that's what Gwen did. Yeah. She founded the Remnant Fellowship Church in 1999 in Franklin, Tennessee. And like Stephanie said, based on a passage in Revelations because that's how cults start. Yes. One of her big premises. Cults love revelation. They love it because it scares you. They put the fear like, of the end you. End times are
0: near, and they're like hap- like because revelation is all about what's going to happen in the end. And all these cults are like that. Is what's happening right now. We are in the end. You need to
1: prepare, and I know the right way to prepare. No one else does. Exactly. I know the right way. Yep. Because I know what's going to happen when that spaceship comes down on that comet, and we all need to dress in the same tracksuit and Nike tennis shoes and drink this Kool Aid. That's the right way to go. Yes. And Gwen was like, "Just starve yourself." That's the right way to go. And everyone was like on it. That's what Jesus wants. That's what God wants. Won't he do it? One of her big premises of her church were the people out in the world who were doing her classes with these workshops in other churches were not seeing the same results because they were doing it in false churches. And the only real church to show her the real way to do it is the remnant fellowship church. Yep. She said, this church is her big savior to help people keep their weight down and stay saved. You can only do it the right way if you do it through me. And now we get on to more of the culty stuff. Former members have described the church as being something like out of The Handmaid's Tale, where they wanted everyone to look alike, Mm. same size, same hairstyle. The entire church seemed to be based on appearances and more the biggest scandal that rocked the church happened in 2003 when two members of the church beat their eight-year-old son to death, allegedly on the advice of Gwen herself. Gwen was known to teach parents to hit their children with glue sticks. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Exactly. All about, and I, for one, was sort of raised under the same principle of you You need need to learn obedience. And, And you're also taught like almost what Gwen says of you as a child obeying God means you are obeying your parents. And if you're disobeying your parents, you're disobeying God. And that's exactly what she taught, but she taught it with beating your kids with wooden spoons, glue sticks, other items to teach them to obey without any thought. Also items that tend to not leave any bruising. Weird. She taught them that if they did anything other than what their parents told them to, they deserve to be beaten. She said, the way you show God you are answering to him is through obeying your mother and your father on the first time. If you obey on the second or third time, you are being your own God. And no one playing around like that can ever go to heaven. So you will only live a few years on earth and you will have a horrible afterlife. If you don't obey mommy and daddy on the first try, you will be taken out and you will be very, very sorry. The two people in question are named Joseph and Sonia Smith. They were adherents of shamblins and had an eight-year-old named Joseph with an F at the end. Sonia and Joseph routinely disciplined their younger son, Joseph, by beating him with glue sticks, belts, heated coat hangers, locking him in confined spaces for extended periods of time and tying his hands with rope. Sonia told the police that she normally gave the children their whippings in increments of 10 blows each, and that Joseph had gotten several of those whipping sessions on the day of his death. The police reported that the Smiths had locked him in his room to pray to a picture of Jesus on the ceiling and in a closet for days and even weeks. He was given only a bucket for a toilet, and an older son sometimes would hold him down while the parents beat him with wooden spoons, glue sticks, etc. On October 8, 2003, the father Joseph disciplined Joseph several times, striking him repeatedly with a glue stick. The county medical examiners concluded that the 8-year-old died as a result of acute and chronic abuse. Members of the remnant church led by Gwen paid for the defense of the Smiths. They were convicted In Georgia versus Smith. And after being convicted, the Smiths were then sentenced on March 27th of 2007 to life plus 30 years in prison maximum punishment. And then Gwen was just like, well, I didn't tell him to do that and went on. That's not the only drama, however. Her name is Gwen Shamblin, Laura, and that's because little old Gwenny herself decided to get a new bow. When Gwen started her program, she was married to a man named David Shamblin. And when she started doing the weight down workshop tapes back in the late 1990s, he was very visible and present in the tapes and a part of the program. However, David was overweight. So, according to her members, how could he be right or righteous for her image? He definitely did not represent everything Gwen said was right and righteous. And that's when Tarzan enters the scene. Literally. Yes. The actor who played Tarzan in the TV series Tarzan, the epic epic adventures. With
0: Joe Laura. Joe
1: Laura. Joe Laura. Gwen marries Joe Laura, her Tarzan, in 2018 after divorcing David, which caused some upset amongst her congregation because until now, Gwen had been staunchly against divorce. She was like, suck it up in your marriage. Deal with it. But then all of a sudden, God comes to her and God says, listen, Gwen, you know what? You deserve a Tarzan. You go ahead. You divorce David. And so she was allowed to do it. But I mean, you know, who would have guessed that hypocrisy would be a big factor in a story about a Christian cult? (laughs) Weird. In September of 2021, HBO Max released a series titled The Way Down, God, Greed, and the Cult of Gwen Shamblin. The series follows Gwen's rise to fame as an influential religious leader who convinced her followers that God had given her the key to permanent weight control which she reveals in the trailer is a matter of the heart. So again, as we said, she taught them that if you weren't thin enough, it's because your heart was not right with God. Right. That it, it, it was innately you were wrong if you didn't fit this image that she thought was right. The series' official synopsis reads, After rising to fame with her Way Down workshop, a Christian-based diet program that preached slenderness as next to godliness, Gwen Shamblin Laura founded the Tennessee-based church. Despite a carefully curated image, Gwen and the church soon fielded accusations of emotional, psychological, and physical abuse and exploitation for their alleged cult-like practices. And while all of the filming and the interviews happened years prior, the biggest shift in this story happened in May of 2021, when Gwen... Tarzan, and five other church members all died in a private plane crash. Originally planned to be a three-episode series, HBO has added another two episodes set to air the beginning of this year that will follow the accident, its investigation, and its aftermath. The docuseries producers initially made contact with the church and, its leaders, and ex-leaders in January of 2021, inviting them numerous times over the course of eight months to respond directly to the various allegations made by interviewees during the course of filming. And on September 14th of 2021, two weeks before the documentary series was due to air, the church finally issued a formal statement. Part of that statement is as follows. Remnant Fellowship categorically denies the absurd defamatory statements and accusations made in this documentary. Our Christian beliefs, like hundreds of other churches in the United States, are Bible based, and our church is based on love, care, mercy, and kindness shown to people from all walks of life. As long as you're with a, in a certain weight range. I'm say for happy but I'm not done yet. At the end of October 2021, the details of Gwen's will were revealed. Now, Gwen had always asserted that the money made from the program and the church all went to either taxes or back into the church. In 1998, Gwen told CNN host Larry King, this money, half of it goes to the government, and the other half goes to keep it going so that someone else can be helped. And a few years later, on a News Channel 5 interview in Nashville, They asked her and Gwen said they asked her half and half leaves nothing for Gwen Champlin." That's not completely true, is it? And she said, yes, it's completely true. So she always alleged that she never took anything. Then where did her money come from? Bitch, she took it. No, I know. But I'm like,
0: Gwen, then where are people supposed to believe that you're getting this money? Like you're clearly you have money. Where is your money coming from if you're not taking any? If You're not getting paid to do your work.
1: When she died... Gwen was in the middle of a video series on greed. She told her audience it was never intended to be accumulated, but rather used as one small tool to build up the kingdom of God. If you cling to your money, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, you'll find it again. So what do you think that Gwen did in her will?
0: to her family And
1: Gwen's will which she signed in 2011, she kid. left her estate now worth approximately 20 million to her then husband David Chamblin, with her adult children Elizabeth and Michael listed as successors. Mm-hmm. Now because Gwen divorced David in 2018, the law in the state of Tennessee says that she, he cannot be beneficiary of her will. That means that Gwen left every single penny to her children. Yep. she didn't even mention the church once. In her will. God. Once. That's what God. God was like me. God. You're going to give anything to me. He's like me, Gwen. Gwen. Uh, Gwen. Gwen. Over here. The remnant fellowship has issued a statement in regards to Gwen's estate because all this information became public back in October of 2021. Well, and her
0: kids are running the church now. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: They allege they said that nearly 20 years ago, Gwen and her children gave approximately 10 million of their would-be inheritance to the building and grounds of the Remnant Fellowship Church. She also so donated. She just a return on her investment. Also, I'm like 10 million 20 years ago. She died 20 years later with her stuff valuing over 20 million. That still leaves a profit for the kids. That math doesn't add up. They said that Gwen also donated her way down ministry, so her entire diet weight loss program, as well as her intellectual properties over to the church. This was an incredible gift of generosity from Gwen and her family's inheritance, and the church would expect no more. I think she might have given the $10 million over back in 2000, but how much did she make since then, and how much does the church continue to make? After Gwen's death, it was announced that her two children would keep the church going, and they are still currently listed as leaders on the church's website. And the series is currently streaming on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And that's The Cult of Gwen Shamblin. In a very tiny nutshell, go watch the HBO series if you want a more in-depth look. Uh,
0: The one thing I will add that I learned from the documentary, that I believe the plane was being piloted by Joe Laura.
1: Really? I didn't read that anywhere. That like he was oh my like God. learning how he had well, just
0: gotten his pilot's license.
1: I know that her daughter's husband was on the flight. Mm-hmm. So her daughter lost not only her mother, but also her husband. Mm-hmm. That's and her, awful. And her stepdad,
0: who was like really important, right?
1: Tarzan. Oh. But I believe Joe Laura
0: was, was flying the plane.
1: Oh my goodness. That, that makes it worse. We will post pictures of these two cult leaders because when we tell you yeah, that they Shawn are Moon, personalities. And Sean
0: Moon is bald.
1: And Gwen Shamblin has enough hair for the both I of mean, them and both their she congregations. She really
0: personifies the closer the, the, higher, the higher the hair, hair the, the, closer the closer to God. God. She really does.
1: The higher the hair, the closer to God. Well, what an adventure we've been on today. Honestly. Cults, cults, more cults. Yeah. That's where we are. That's about it. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, The one thing I learned is if you go into a church and they immediately start talking about revelations, turn around and leave because it's probably a a cult. cult.
0: If they're really being into revelations and then they ask you for money, that might be a cult. cult. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. There are multiple ways you can support us. You can buy merch from our website, deadtimestories.com. You can go to our Patreon. We have a Patreon page, and that's, you know, Patreon.com backslash deadtime Dead Dead stories. stories with a Z. You can email us at deadtime stories Z- at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the social media things. And of course, the thing that costs zero money and helps us the absolute most is giving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can now give a review on Spotify. You can. So please give us a five-star review on Spotify, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, and tell your friends to listen, too. And that's all that there is. That's what what I have to say about it. That's it.
1: That's it. Thank you guys so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Dead Time Time Stories.
0: Stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Hedins and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.